ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my woman. All right, I don't know about you, but it took a lot of years of my life to actually look at my vulva. Now, I suppose I should say before we go any further, if you have little kiddos in the car and you don't want them to hear us talk about your female anatomy, this entire episode is pretty much what it's about. So just know that now. But I don't know about you. It took a lot of years for me to actually take a mirror and look at my vulva. There were years I thought, oh, I must smell disgusting, like tuna fish is I think what I had heard in like middle school. Oh, it's like hairy. Oh, I don't know. But I had to look when I got an itch, right? And then years later, as I started to really get into my own sensual, sexual empowerment, I realized the only time I've ever looked is when there was an itch or a bump and I was afraid. And if I wanted to create a different relationship with my sensuality, if I wanted to create a different relationship with my sexuality, if I wanted to feel in my power, if I wanted to have the kind of orgasms I wanted, if I wanted to have the relationship with my body and feel self-confident, then I needed to change my relationship with my pussy. And it has vastly changed everything to become familiar with her. My guest today is the perfect expert to help us all reclaim this sacred part of ourself, reclaiming your vulva, reclaiming your pussy, reclaiming the sacred within you. Let me introduce you to Kadoma Columbi. She's a feminine embodiment mentor, writer, and artist here to support the revolution of women. She guides women home to discover who they are underneath and the supposed to's and the should be's and supports them to come back to their body and reclaim their sensual, wild, alive nature. Her work dives into the womb space and deeper still into the pussy as a place of our power and possibility as woman. She's an incredible artist. She actually paints pussy portraits. They are beautiful. And she is a divine and a soul sister and friend of mine. Kadoma, welcome to the podcast. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and, and just chills mm. all over my body from your introduction and exactly, exactly mm. true. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like us women being so disconnected. Mm-hmm from the very center of all of human creation, Mm -hmm. right? From our own bodies, from our own pussies. A lot of you hear me say that and you might be like freaked out or Mm -hmm. gulp like, ugh, every Mm -hmm. time you hear me say it. Mm -hmm. And stick with us. We promise we're going to ease into this. Yes. To make it easier for you. Mm -hmm. But what do you notice, Kadama, when a woman first calls you? Like, what do you notice 
is going on with women in our bodies? Hmm. Well, I think for so many of us, like you said, from the beginning, this part of our bodies is left off the body the body map. Mm-hmm. It's a place of shame. Mm-hmm. It's a place, it's the private part. You don't touch there. You don't ask questions. It's a sin to touch yourself. And it starts at the beginning of our lives and then continues throughout our lives, right? It smells bad. It's too hairy. It's not hairy enough. <laughs> um, My even, lips are different sizes. Yes. Or is interlabia supposed to hang down or not hang down? I mean, there's all these questions. Yes. Even to the point where it becomes this body comparison and mm. vulva body shame is something that we don't talk about, right? But is absolutely a part of our relationship with our bodies and just disconnecting camel toe. You know, there's surgery to change the way that the labia looks. Mm. And women choose to do that because of this deep, deep feeling of there's something wrong with me or mine. Mm. And when it's left off the body map, right, we can't have a fully embodied, a fully in touch with sensationally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, emotionally, this part of our bodies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't be connected. Yeah. If it's not on the body map. I love how you say the body map. Those are words I had never thought of before. And yet I lead a lot of clients on my group programs. We start every single session with a meditation. Mm -hmm. And as we do a body scan, Right. I do include the womb. I include the pussy. I might say your genitals. I might say your pelvic bone different ways. Yes. And I started doing that because as I started doing this work, I realized I was leaving her off of the body map. Yes. As if we're going to jump right from the belly down to the thighs as if there's nothing in between. Yes. Yes. And what's in between is the most sacred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, you know, the when women come to me, you that question of like, what are women, what are women experiencing? That can range so much, right? But we're not when we aren't in connection with this part of our bodies, we are not connecting to that deep, feminine wisdom, creativity of life, birth of our lives. And Mm our intuition, our body knowing, and those deeper regions of pleasure. We are, there's so many of us that are numb, that long for that deeper, you know, the reaching for more orgasms, you know, it's such a thing right now, which is beautiful. And when we're not really like able to feel there, touch there, look there and say, you're beautiful. Mm. Then, you know, those moments of, maybe a partner starting to go down on you or, you know, intimate sex. It's there's parts of our bodies that just freeze up and have those deeper subconscious feelings of what if it doesn't look like, what if I'm smelly, you know, those deeper raw parts of ourselves. Mm. So we can't access our full pleasure. We can't access our creativity, create the creativity and the birth of 
our lives, our dreams, our day-to-day moments of just feeling pleasure fully in the sensual body of woman, which is a huge Mm. part of being in this body as woman, is to feel that sensual turn on in life. A million percent. Yet, I don't have a statistic on this, but I'm guessing that the majority, the vast majority of women Mm -hmm. are disconnected from their vulvas, their pussies, their pleasure. Yes. Because we've learned, oh, to make a dream come true, I've got to make it happen in my mind. I've got to work to the bone to get it done. And hard work has a place. It's not that it doesn't have a place. But so many of us have been like disembodied, literally as if our body doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in this culture, in the patriarchal culture, where all of the attention has been towards the mind, towards linear thinking, we're swept up in the head, we're swept up and spinning in the mind. And like you said, it has a place. And so much of our power as women is Mm. in the body, is in that deep experience of being embodied. Let's dive into that, because someone listening to this might be like, "Mm, no, I'm okay. Mm -hmm with not being connected or mm, it's not that easy for me. And I want to come back to what you said about the something about more orgasm, the more mm-hmm. better. You said it's more. a thing now. Yes, and it, it was is. not a thing I've heard of. <laughs> what, the better more orgasm? What is the better more orgasm? Well, I think right now, I mean, in the world of, you know, in the world of social media and pleasure, there's just there's so much desire for women to experience more pleasure. Like it's it's just a little more, it's like in popular quote unquote right now in, in mm, the larger circle, mm-hmm. right? And and a piece of that is this longing to feel a better orgasm. And to not how many of us have faked orgasms? How many of us don't have orgasms? Right. And now there's this this lead in, in with women that are leading this revolution of being able to be multi-orgasmic and, and have cervical orgasms and all of this kind of communication about orgasms. It's almost become another goal in the head, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm going to want to dive into all this because, you know, you and I, in the circles that we're in, right, a lot of our friends are sex coaches. A lot of our friends are sensuality coaches. That, I don't think, is is the rest of the world yeah. out there, yeah. right? Yes. And so we see a lot, and I agree with you a million percent. Yeah, it's become a goal. And I love the idea of let's take this down to the woman who's faking orgasms right now Mm -hmm. like let's not worry about the more better have to have the best it's like let's let's get into and begin with the faking it or the you can't have it Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I used to fake orgasm all the time Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and early in my relationship with Josh he's like did you just fake that and I was like no he's like uh, did you? I'm like, oh God, yes. And he asked me, please never do that again. Mm-hmm. Please never do that again. Mm-hmm. Which I think is such a beautiful man thing so beautiful. to do. Yes. Right? Yes. So beautiful. Because he only wants it to be genuine, which I love. And mm-hmm. what that said to him is like, let's learn, right? Teach me what brings about orgasm for you. Yeah. 
which honestly meant I needed to do more research into what brings about orgasm for me. Yes, absolutely. That's starting with what does my body like? Even having that as a question that Mm. you can ask yourself and as a part of self-discovery, what does my pussy like to feel? How does she like to be caressed? How does my skin like to be caressed? What are the Mm. sensual pieces of when I touch my arm, does it feel good to be soft? Does it feel good to scratch? You know, what are those Mm. little fine tuned pieces of self love in relationship Mm. with the body? And it's Mm. not something we've been encouraged to do or taught to do for centuries. Yeah, we've been taught not to. We've been taught not to and told that it's bad. Right, right. Right. Now, have you always used the word pussy? Because that was new for me when I entered the Mama Gina world. Yeah. No, I have not always used the word pussy. And I feel like it is so edgy. And so it's purposeful. (laughs) You know, it's purposeful that I use that when when I'm sharing pussy portraits, when I'm doing, you Mm. know, the pussy project, using the word itself creates discomfort in most of our bodies, no matter how far along, you know, this path we are, I still feel like I have to whisper it, Mm -hmm. right? Right. It's bad. It's wrong. It's dirty. Right. And so there's... It's demeaning. Yeah. It's what little boys say to each other. You're being a pussy. You know, it's... That's how we've grown up with it. Yes. It's a word that's been dragged through the dirt, right? And so the word itself is going through this reclamation. Mama Gina, mm-hmm. yes, that book um, brought it all out to the forefront. And I'm just like, yes, woman. Yes, sister. Yes, woman. <laughs> yes. So I have not always used the word. And even when I'm kind of out there sharing or talking about it, I try to interweave like vulva or yoni, Mm -hmm. there are these different words. But the word itself is a revolution, I feel like. Mm. But naming it in any way, I think is so powerful, Mm -hmm. right? So many of us don't Mm -hmm. have a name for her. We can't even say what it is, you know? Um, Right, 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 right. Again, this place that's off the map. It's not there. Yeah, that exercise, like, if you ask, you know, women or men, whomever, what they learned to call their genitals growing up. Private part is really a private part, mm-hmm. right? Or there was no name, yeah. right? Because I've done this in groups before. Yeah. I don't know. No one ever taught us a name yes. or down there down or there. yes. front bottom is something someone once said. I was like, wait, what? A front bottom? <laughs> uh-huh. Which I guess I, I understand the tush reference yes. there. Yes. You know, and then so many women have experienced, and, and I just want to say this, as a, a trigger warning, because we're probably going to get into this, that part of why a lot of women are disconnected from their pussies, part is the church or synagogue or mosque or whomever telling you it was bad, part is you didn't have a name, and part is the amount of assault that we've all had, whether it's been physical touch assault or you walk by people on the street and they catcall. Yeah. And so there's so much healing that needs to happen too, right? Yeah, so much healing. And I think that's a piece of the thaw. It's the piece of thawing Mm. out the body. It's a piece of returning from the disassociation 
And so, yes, for great reason, mm. so many of us have disassociated from that part of the body. It's been hurt. It's been traumatized. It represents something that was hard and hurtful or scary. And so, mm. of course, as women, we're just going to be like vacating that place. No, no, no. And in vacating that place, vacating our sensual power, our sexual, I don't know if I want to use the word power it's just a way of being in the body right Mm. and when we leave that part of our body we're leaving some of our deepest relationships to ourself but the thaw that can happen when we have the courage to really look at her to tell her story You know, that was what the pussy project was all about. Tell your story. Tell the story of your pussy, your experience of being a woman, your sexuality. And Mm. 99.999% of the women that I spoke to had experienced some trauma. Mm. But speaking about it helps to thaw that out, even if it's really scary and hard. It's almost like Pandora's box. Oh, my gosh, if I open that, what is going to come out? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps memories that have been suppressed and things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That there's so much shame. Tell us what the Pussy Project is. Yeah. So the Pussy Project um, started just as this kind of idea to have conversations with women about their pussy in relationship to wanting to share more of the portraiture that I do. So I also do pussy portraits which are commissioned pieces of they're beautiful the yoni which is a healing journey it's it yes you get a piece of art but the whole experience is that experience of deeply healing and releasing the shame pockets and it's it's a powerful Mm. journey and initiation but the pussy project was uh and is conversations with women inviting them to really speak on and from the experience of being in the body as a woman from the beginning and what happened, the journey of the trauma, of the, of the freedom of being on the other side or wherever a woman is with it. And Mm. the stories that were told create this feeling of being seen and a sense of belonging that, again, we have separated ourselves out because we feel like we're the only one that this happened to. This happened to me and I can't talk about it. And it gets hidden in the body and it creates dis-ease and it creates disconnection, right? But the project is really an invitation to Tell the story, release the story, and rewrite the story of Mm. what is happening in the body as a form of reclamation Mm. and healing. And it is something I'm going to make into a podcast series because I recorded about 30 women from all over the world, and we need to hear this. We need to hear other women's Mm -hmm. experience You know, I feel like we went into the Me Too movement and that was so powerful. Like, yes, we see all these women have experienced this. And still, what now? 
What do we do with this? Yeah, what now? Right. It's the me too. I have been violated. So, you know, in the like in positive psychology, we think about baseline zero, mm-hmm. what's below baseline zero and what's above. So mm-hmm. in the below baseline zero is I've been violated, traumatized, right? Like I'm in pain mm-hmm. and wounded. Mm-hmm. But the above zero is now what do we do with it? How do we turn that into fuel? How do we make that powerful? Yes. And I know we were supposed to do one of those conversations. And then I think someone in my family got sick and I don't know what happened. But let's, I don't know what I'm making myself vulnerable to in the moment, but let's do a little bit right now. Ask me a question that would give everyone a sense that I'm going to be completely honest, even though I'm a little bit scared, Mm. but maybe ask me a question from the project. Okay. Well, first of all, how do you feel in your body about the word pussy itself? What, What comes up for you? So I still feel a little catch at my throat every time I say it, even though I really do try to use pussy as the word to reclaim it as powerful. Mm -hmm. I still feel a little like, am I really going to say this? I still feel a little judgment. Like, are they all thinking I'm nutty? Yes. Am I trying to be so much? Look at me. I can say the word pussy, you know? Um, And when I'm in my like most powerful self, like, you know, in my retreats, I go all out and then I'm so embodied that I can like pussy, 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 and I can be like really alive with it. And so I have all the ranges from all different parts of me, right? Mm -hmm. Like Karina easily says pussy. Mm -hmm. Karen, who's like, oh, is my mom listening to this (laughs) podcast? Actually, my mom would be fine with it. You know, more like, is my brother listening to this podcast? You know, which he's not. Then I get like a different feeling. So I have a range of feelings about the word. Yeah. Yes. And I studied with Mama Gina for two years. And by Mm. the way, we're talking about Regina Thomas-Shower's book, Pussy, A Reclamation, Mm. if you want to go grab that. Mm -hmm. the Yeah, I studied with her for two years and still have that little feeling come up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. I didn't know that. Mm. Mm. So how did you grow up? within your relationship with this part of your body mm. starting from like an early age what were what were the messages what were what were the experiences that you had around this part of your body mm. I love you and I love you for letting me put you on the spot like this because you weren't <laughs> expecting it um but I want everyone to have a sense of like your work and how powerful you are and then to go listen to the podcast when it's out, which I will happily let everybody know that it's out whenever that is. So growing up, I don't think I learned anything about my pussy. If if I did, she was definitely called vagina, which I now understand is not anatomically correct because vagina is just the, the tube, <laughs> the sheath in which the sword goes in. But I'm pretty sure we use the word vagina in my house. I do remember I was very, very young when I discovered that if I rubbed my blankie against her, it felt good. And so I would frequently, frequently rub my blankie against my pussy. And I think I would do it in public. I don't remember ever being told it wasn't okay or shame, but I probably, who knows. And 
I would frequently then, I would say from age five on, go to my room to masturbate. And as I'm the youngest, my brother and sister read racier novels than me, right? So like maybe my sister had like a sex novel at 13 and I was 10, right? And it would turn me on so much, I would like sneak in, I'd read a page of her book, then I'd go to my room and I would self-pleasure. And and I had massive sexual fantasies when I was young. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking like I could have been eight, nine, ten, very young. And I was having sexual fantasies that I was a dominatrix and I had very blunt black hair. I ran some sort of CEO situation in a very tall high rise building. And there would be a line of men, young men waiting to pleasure me all day. And I would keep one of them handcuffed to my bed until I came back at night. And then when I was done with him, you're out. And like all my therapy and all my everything years later, like I understand as the youngest, I felt like I had no control in my life. And like, so, you know, that was a an outlet for me. And I still get turned on either by me being super forceful or someone being forceful with me. Like I do like someone to be forceful with me. Yes. And so growing up, that was, you know, my experience. But I also was very timid around boys. Mm-hmm. Very and didn't even think about girls. Mm-hmm. Um, although when I was in second grade, my friend, we did put up her gym mats and touch each other. And then in high school, I was, I was uh, my best friend who's a girl told me she loved me. And then we had a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I always had this inner sex life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just finding now, and we don't have to continue with this because this isn't, you know, my, my coaching session, but I'm just finding now, I want people to have a sense of this. I'm finding now that the more I'm speaking about her mm-hmm. and about my own sensuality, I'm feeling lighter in my body. Yes. And I'm feeling freer yes. in my body. Mm-hmm. And I also want to share something I, I didn't say, which was I don't have actual memory of it, but I'm pretty sure that I was sexually assaulted when I was young. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a babysitter. I have very, mm-hmm. very... um foggy memory. Mm-hmm. And my experience now is that when I have a lot of pleasure, my legs actually naturally close. Mm-hmm. And I also want to share that I had miscarriages to so their shame. Mm-hmm. And I won't continue with my own story, although y'all can let me know if you want me to do another episode and mm-hmm. I share more. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do a little bit of that because I want people to have a, a sense, Kadoma, of what you do and just you giving safe space to talk can begin the healing process. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you said, feeling the more you talk about it, the lighter you feel, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like what happens is like there's these rooms inside our bodies that don't, haven't had, they've been locked for a long time. So imagine like a room that's mm. the air is stagnant, it's dark, and nobody goes in there. And because it's shameful to even talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you open the door, it's like f- this fresh air can come in, the light, come, all the musty smell can like, there's breath, there's wind. And it's mm-hmm. like these birds inside, through your words, fly out of your body. Mm-hmm. This liberation of mm-hmm. parts of the mm-hmm. body, parts of the psyche that have just been locked down. Mm. 
for so long. Yeah. And we yeah. become lighter. And then there's air there. Yeah. Then there's blood flow. Then there's sensation. Then there's self-acceptance yes. and more self-love. Yes. And we can't reach the high joy that we want. Like everybody wants a high, yeah. right? Like yeah. we want that happiness. We want that joy. Yeah. We can't reach it if a room in our house is closed. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We can't reach it if we're closed off in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's liberating parts of the body by liberating your story. And mm. what I found in doing the project is every woman has a story that's been, mm. even if it's been talked about, talking about it more, Mm-hmm. Let's more awareness happen. Let's more clarity come. Or there's stories mm-hmm. that have never been talked about with anybody. Yeah. And we're not alone in these stories. And I think that's the biggest right. thing to feel inside as these shame pockets that right. we hold so tight. This is so big. Whew. Yeah, it's big. And I'm going to let everyone know a secret, which is that I was gifted a pussy portrait with you that I haven't done. And I'm wondering if part of why I haven't done it has some shame. Mm. Yeah. And and I bet, Kadoma, you see that in the portraits as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like women who maybe thought, oh, yes. my pussy or my vulva, my vagina is ugly yes. or I'm not going to want to look at her. Yes. Your portraits are gorgeous. Yes. The purples, the blues, the pinks, the peaches. You use every color. I mean, it's they are gorgeous. Yeah. So what's the experience you see of a woman that's a reclamation, really? It is. To have your a portrait painted? That's a reclamation. Yes. Yeah, it's it is a initiation. It's an a reclamation. It's mm. a it's a form of healing and letting that those stories go, you know, and the process itself is walking through, I mean, you were gifted. So this, we're not doing this process, right. But for most of the women that I work with, it's not like they're like, okay, I want one. And then they take the picture and they send it to me, right. It's this process and journey of me working with them with embodiment meditations, with journal prompts, with, you know, a support of releasing the story and rewriting the story to get to the point where Mm. then the picture can be taken from a brand Mm. new perspective in the body. It's not being taken at like, I'm ugly. I'm just going to, I got to look and I'm going to take the shot. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm not going to look, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to open my legs. I'm just going to stick the, you know, did I get it? Right. It's like the selfie of selfies. Did I get it? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is so much more of the journey itself. And then, yes, the art piece is beautiful. And it's reclaiming this part of our bodies as art. Each each of mm. ours is so unique. <gasps> oh, I have chills. Reclaiming this part of your body as art. Yeah. Oh, I felt that one. Yeah. And so women receive the paintings after this journey and most of them cry like this is me i'm this beautiful 
Most of them get more and more turned on during the journey because it's like tapping into this place and, you know, just really Mm -hmm. feeling that juice start to come alive. Right. And then the portrait to me is like this coat of arms. It's an emblem of courage at the end of Mm. a journey of really Mm. saying yes to something really raw and vulnerable and having that as kind of the cherry on top. This beautiful piece of art that you can hang on your wall or you can keep hidden and look at it when you want or, you know, just it's the piece at the end of seeing that that is my power. That is my beauty. Yes. Right. Right. That's me. And to have that feeling, right, that's me, to have that feeling after feeling shame for whatever reason, whether it was culturally created or assault created or disease created, that is so incredibly powerful. You know, I just had the thought, Kodoma, that we let other people enter our pussy, Mm -hmm. put their body Mm -hmm. in our body Mm -hmm. when we've never even looked at her. Yes. As if other people get that privilege to Mm -hmm. our bodies and we don't. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. How do we reclaim when we have so much shame? Mm -hmm. Like how can we see... Her is beautiful if she's let us down with miscarriage or she let us down with stillbirth or STD or, yeah. I think that's the power in like really speaking the story, writing the story, releasing the story mm. and inviting a new story. You know, it's almost mm. rewriting the story on your body when you feel that level mm-hmm. of being witnessed in a place that Mm. has been held so secret and so shamed Mm. the process of allowing that air to come in unlocks that shame pocket. It's not like it all goes away. It's never all going to go away. Most likely. Right. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. like you say, you know, saying that word pussy, there's so many different feelings about it. (laughs) So it's never all, it's like, it's, it's not a destination that we reach. Mm. It's a practice Mm -hmm. and a process Mm -hmm. of unveiling and allowing ourselves to feel like it's okay to be in the process of healing and Mm. reclaiming something Mm. that's been lost in the dark for centuries. For centuries. And All of you out there might not even realize, but the pussy, the vulva, used to be celebrated. Absolutely. Like in ancient cultures, tens of thousands of years ago, people thought, holy shit, that thing is magical. Yes. She bleeds and doesn't die. Yes. Like, can you imagine if a man bled that much? They would die. Yes. Right? We bleed and we don't die. Yes. We push I mean, I had, a, I had a cesarean, and thank God it's for modern medicine, because otherwise my baby wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. But, like, we push, like, a bowling ball out of that thing, yes. you know? <laughs> like a yes. nine-pounder, yes. you know, five, seven, whatever pound. Yeah. It, it really, really, our pussies are incredible. Yeah. And you have a word 
that I'm obsessed with, Kodoma. I'm so glad. The second I saw it on Facebook, I sent you a message like, that's the best word I've ever heard. <laughs> vulvalicious. <laughs> vulvalicious. Tell us what being vulvalicious means. I just feel like I want to say it over and over yes. again. Vulvalicious. Yes. 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 Tell us. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting as that, that word came to me and I've really been deepening into it. I chose it for my word for 2023. So I've been really feeling mm. like, what is that word mean for me as a woman mm. and really bringing it down home to feeling just my authentic self. It's every woman. Mm. It doesn't mean like we're sexy in our mm. lingerie and, you know, always radiant and in our pleasure, right? Mm. It means that we're in our bodies and making a a commitment to ourselves to experience our bodies, to experience our five senses more, to experience mm. that simple pleasure. Mm -hmm. And to exude as a practice, being a woman, being in my mm. feminine, being all of my emotions, having the courage mm -hmm. to step forward in my life to do the healing to do the growth mm. and to celebrate my sexuality mm -hmm. and push my sexual edges and wear what I want to wear and feel like my, what is my own unique version of sexy? What does that feel like? Yes. What does that look like outside of what porn is saying or what the strippers are doing or all of these things? We each have this unique essence which is our mm. sensuality it's our sexuality it's our eros our way of being alive mm. in the world so for me mm. it's really like exploring who is that in me and for each woman who is that in you and how mm. can you support mm -hmm. her to be more present in your daily mm. life mm -hmm. to be more vulvalicious I just feel like a Vulvalicious. I know, just saying it makes driving me feel her. more like... Mm. <laughs> mm, I was just going to say, if you're out there driving, just go ahead and say it. Vulvalicious. Or you're doing the dishes. Or you're doing laundry. Vulvalicious. Yes. If you're sitting in your beige cubicle, maybe don't say it. No, say it. <laughs> Vulvalicious. <laughs> go into the bathroom where nobody's there, right? Vulvalicious. Like, yes. just let yourself have the pleasure because it is a pleasureful word yes. that I believe you made up, Kadoma. I did, yes. And thank the fucking <laughs> goddess you did because it is good. <laughs> it is so good. That should be the name of your podcast. Yes. Vulvalicious. Yes. I don't know if it's going to be Pussy Project, but <laughs> maybe you have two different ones. Yes. I don't know. Yes. So good. Yes. So good. Yes. Oh, my goddess. Mm. So when a woman has this reclamation, what do you notice in her? <sighs> More courage just to feel mm. comfortable. More confidence yes. in just mm. feeling herself in her body. Mm -hmm. Definitely more turn on. Like, turn on not in the sense like, I just want to have sex all the time, but turn on in life. When we're turned on in life, it's like, we're open, we're engaging, we're in the dance of Eros, this sensual 
soup. We're in this five sense body that we get to experience at all moments when we're out of our head and dropped into the body. That's mm. turn on to mm-hmm. me. So more turn mm. on. Um, mm-hmm. And just an inner sense of I'm okay. Mm. I'm okay. I'm, okay. I'm not broken. I'm beautiful. Hmm. I'm not ugly. Hmm. And my story hmm. is is one of many. Mm-hmm. My story is healing for myself and others. Yes. And my story shows my resilience. Yes. And my strength and my power. Mm-hmm. And my bravery. Mm-hmm. Mm. <sighs> I feel like I could float right now away. <laughs> Y'all, this is the experience of being in Kadoma's orbit, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to follow her on social media because every word she writes is sublime, mm-hmm. is absolutely exquisite. Mm-hmm. You will melt with every post. And we will share all your socials. Of course, they're on the show notes, too. Real quick, I want to do something that I call a woman play round. Fun. Yeah, are you down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's play. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And whatever is the first answer that comes to you is the right answer. Mm-hmm. All right. Kodoma. What age were you when you started exploring your sexuality? Four. Four. And what's a brief memory you have? It was with my, like, not my brother, but the other, he was a little bit older, and my my mom was with his dad, and mm. we just had a lot of time together, him and I and this other boy, and we played. Yeah, which is like so normal. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my friend when we were eight, right? It's so normal just to play and experience. Mm-hmm. And when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't, I didn't have that. At four, you weren't like, I'm going to be a sex coach and a sensuality coach when I grow <laughs> up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I, the what do you want to do? The like, what do you do? That question has been yeah, yeah. very, it's been a hard question for me all my life. So I didn't think that way mm. when I was a little kid. I love that. It's actually something when I do workshops and parents ask me questions, I, I always say, do not ask your kids that question. Because then you're boxing them into a career and the majority of jobs that will exist when our kids are older don't exist today, right? Right. Like there was no YouTube and no AI, you know, artificial intelligence. None of that existed when we were kids, but there are tons of people who work in that and that's what they're passionate about. And so you just, you just don't know. Pay attention to what they are interested in instead. Even my 24-year-old son, I'm like, babe, you're not going to, like, I just kind of figured it out when I was 40 what I felt like I really wanted to do, you know, like. Yeah. There's just so many chapters, right? Mm, yes. All right. Speaking of chapter, a book that every woman should read. The Fifth Sacred Thing. 
Oh, I've never heard that. I asked this question, I don't know, I'm on episode 200 and something, 30 probably, and I have never heard that. Say that again. The Fifth Sacred Thing. Tell us, what is it about? It's a book by Starhawk, who's one of the original goddess coven witches from the 60s, and she wrote a novel that is very, very potent as far as a future that's possible in a world that's collapsing. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to read this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's one easy practice someone could do every day? Really being present while you're putting lotion on your face in the morning and the evening. Ooh. And having a lotion that you really like the way it smells. You really like the way that it feels in your hands and when you put it on your skin. And mm. really allowing that habit to become a sensual experience. That is a piece of bringing sensuality in our lives. There's so many habits we rush through. We can yes. bring these things that we are already doing and just bring presence and smell and feel and touch and just tune in. Wiggle your hips a little while you're doing it. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yes. Woo, that was good. Yes. <laughs> Thinking about how I use some sort of like pharmacy bought whatever lotion. Okay, I have my homework. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right, last question, Kadoma. Mm-hmm. What's one thing you want every woman to know? That her vulva is absolutely beautiful, just as it is. And it's mm-hmm. a gateway to full expression of her essence in her life. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, sister. Everyone breathe that in, even though we know that this is a totally new conversation for many of you. Yes, it is. Breathe it in. Kadoma, you are incredible, beautiful soul in every way. I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Where do they find you? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I have my website is in the show notes, kadomacolumby.com where you can see images uh, that I've already painted. My galleries there. I offer different um, ways to connect and beautiful uh, free gifts for you there. And Mm. I'm also, most of my expression right now is on Facebook, um, just at Kadoma Columby on my, on my um, personal profile. That's where most Mm. of my focus is right now. I'm going to spell that for all of you. Yes. K-H-A-D-O-M-A, capital C-O-L-O-M, as in Mary, B as in boy, Y. And again, it's in the show notes. And if you're driving and need to pull over and just write it down real quick, we got you. Yeah. Well, Kadoma, I love you. Mm, you. I appreciate you. Mm. I'm grateful for this time. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Mm. And to all of you out there, thank you for listening. We hope you loved this vulvalicious episode as much as we love doing it. If so, 
Head right now over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave your five-star review and one sentence about how awesome and incredible the podcast is because you doing that is how we are reaching millions of women all over the world. It's how I get the best guests. It's how we've been ranked top 20 in more than 30 countries in self-help. So please go do that right now. If you are not yet part of our Purpose Girls Facebook group, the name is changing soon. So you're going to want to head over there like now, or you always can just look for me on Facebook, follow me, and then you'll find it. Because that is an active community of almost 5,000 women where I go live about once a week. I do more teachings. You get more interaction with me. I do challenges in there, all sorts of, we do prompts every day, get your booty in there. Mm. Of course, you're going to want to make sure you get my newsletter too, because that is where you are the first person to find out about free classes I'm doing, about offers, discounts, programs, all of the above, retreats I'm doing. So you want to make sure that you are headed there as well. Of course, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Karen Rockheim. And share this podcast with every woman you know, because every woman deserves to be vulvalicious. Mm. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.